Welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacy. Thanks for joining us today, Trash Pandas. Alicia here. I am so thrilled. We are so thrilled that you are here for today's part two of the marital misadventure of Tony Bennett. And what? The end of? Season 19. Before we begin the conclusion of this season, we do have a magic mirror here with some tremendous thanks and praise and joy to shout out from the rooftops. We got a lot of names this week. Stacy, who do you begin to see in the magic mirror? Well, first, I want to thank some people who have sent us emails recently. Thank you to Mackenzie, Dorothy B., and Teresa W. as well. We always love to hear from you. That is the truth. I have some big shout-outs from Zodiac Corner. Of course you do. I want to give a big shout-out to all of our Libra friends. We have crossed into the autumn equinox here in the States, and that means a whole new Zodiac cycle to give some joy to. Happy birthday, all you Libras out there. Make the most of your season. And I do have a little to-do-to-do-to-do announcement because one of our favorite trash pandas, Kimber... Her daughter, Scarlett, is turning two years old this week. Happy birthday, Scarlett. We are on the knees of our heart, wishing you the very happiest birthday, you darling girl. Holy cats, two years old, and Scarlett is a cutie pie, too. We got a few more names in the magic mirror. I told you, our mirror runneth over this week. I want to give some thanks and praise to... A few folks who have given us the kindest reviews over on the Apple Podcasts. Stacy, who do you see there? I see Griffey, Jules, Loyal Listener 99, and the one and only Nemrak. And last but not least, our newest supporters over on Patreon.com slash Trashy Divorces. Getting ad-free, early apps, all that good stuff. Holy cats, big thanks to you, Kate. Bonnie H. Linda P. Paula F. Kelsey K, Danielle, Bethy B, and oh my, two new super supporters as well, Allison N and Claire. We are overwhelmed by all of your goodness and so grateful to all of our Patreon supporters. So grateful to all of you for listening to us week after week through this trashy ride. It's the end of season 19, but we can assure you, just like Tony Bennett, the best is yet to come. Season 20 kicks off on October 11th with brand new trash candy for you, and we are really excited about seeing you then. Also, Alicia, about this story. The best is yet to come, but cannot arrive without the conclusion of the Tony Bennett story. Let's go, go, go. So at the end of the last episode, Stacey, mm-hmm. Tony Bennett had divorced from his first wife. Mm-hmm. He has hooked up with Sandra Grant. They already have a child. They've been together since 1965 before they were finally married in 1971. Sure. Because he had to go through a divorce. Correct. On the way. So Tony and Sandra had been together for six years before they wed in a private ceremony They have a second daughter, Antonia, who was born in 1974. Sandra, holy cats, would later tell in an interview that Tony was a wonderful lover. But I'm going to be real honest with you. That's the only nice thing that Sandra Grant says about Tony Bennett after they divorce. 
This is trashy. I guess maybe a little bit of content warning. Tony Bennett really does go through a drug and alcohol very bad time period. We're going to unpack this now. Sandra claims that Tony Bennett, because she tells all, she will tell anybody who wants to, who wants to hear it. Sandra says Tony was not the same person he pretended to be or who the world thought he was. Although his ex-wives may feel this way, other people who knew him at all, like speak very highly of him. His ex-wives, the first yeah, two, not, not so, so much. much. One of the problems for Tony and Sandra was a repeat of the marital problems that Tony had in his first marriage, but this time it got much, much darker. Sandra said, once we had the children, I couldn't travel with him much, which irritated him, and I became very concerned about his drug taking, which seemed to make him paranoid. Tony and Sandra separate in 1979, but they remain married for several more years. There are varying accounts of when their divorce was actually finalized, but it seems to most likely have been 1983 or 1984. So that's a four or five year divorce process. Mm -hmm. So this is close to 20 years then that technically they were, to, I guess, a decade-ish of marriage, but... Sure, they got together in 65, married in 71... So finally divorced after a dozen or so years. But yeah, they would have been together almost two decades. Sandra tells page six after the divorce, whenever it happened. Thank God my divorce papers are finalized with Tony after all these years. I was not legally divorced until just a few months ago. The Tony I knew is not the same smiley Mr. Nice Guy the world knows. During their marriage... Fair to say, Tony Bennett went down a very dark path of addiction. Sandra Grant said their marriage and Tony Bennett himself had dark parts, quote unquote. And when his career was in a low place, he was depressed about it and had financial woes, which that brings. So Tony started abusing drugs and alcohol heavily. Tony Bennett admits to being devastated when America's taste in music shifted and his crooner style of American classics and jazz songs and standards were no longer popular. Tony and his manager also parted ways. And Tony has another major blow personally in 1977 when his mother passes away. So it's the 70s and drugs are readily accessible Tony says he abused many different kinds of drugs and also developed a pretty serious cocaine habit during this time. Tony says cocaine flowed as freely as champagne. First, it seemed the hip thing to do, but as time went on, it got harder and harder to refuse it when it was offered. Tony's cocaine addiction got so bad that he overdosed and passed out in a bathtub which has Sandra coming home just in time to find him and mm. get him to the hospital. Wow. That sounds terrifying and really upsetting. Sandra Grant has gone on to say that Tony Bennett's issues ruined her financially and even alleged that Tony Bennett, quote, allowed our family home to be sold out from under us, even though his daughters and I had nowhere else to live, unquote. Tony Bennett, about that time in his life, has said, It was a torturous period of suffering. I was 
in a completely self-destructive tailspin. I used to take pills, uppies, downies, and sleepies. Uppies, downies, and sleepies. I mean, it sounds cute when you phrase it that right? way. I owed something like $1.2 million, which was a fortune in those days. At least half of it was in back taxes I couldn't afford to pay. Fortunately for Tony and his family and all of us, Tony Bennett was eventually able to kick his drug habit and has stayed clean ever since. But before that happened, Tony was even warned by old Blue Eyes himself, Frank Sinatra, that he needed to slow down with the drugs and alcohol. That's something if Frank Sinatra tells you to slow down. In his later years, Tony Bennett would speak regretfully about his time of addiction and say that he had, listened to this, quote-unquote, sinned against his talent. Hmm. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Tony. The manager of comedian Lenny Bruce told me he sinned against his talent with his drug habit. That sentence changed my life. I've been given this gift. I know how to sing and perform. I'm sinning against this gift. And I thought, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I just stopped. I had to, because I thought I was going to lose everything. It was said at the right moment at the right time. No other help? He's followed up and asked. No, just like that. Sinned against his talent. That is Lenny Bruce. I think Lenny Bruce is going to be a story coming up. I've Mm. got him in my wings. Okay. Spider webs everywhere. Later, Tony Bennett would also take responsibility in other ways for his failed marriages, admitting that he was gone too much on the road for them to have ever been successful. Mm -hmm. Tony says, The long separations when I left home to play the clubs killed both marriages. For a marriage to work, both parties have to be there. During this time, Tony Bennett, again, also got in a little trouble with the IRS with A large sum he owed in back taxes. After getting himself clean, Tony realized he had to make many other changes as well to get his life back on track. He called his two sons to come out to California to help develop a plan. His two sons arrived the next day. Hmm. Tony writes, I told them what was happening and they said they would look into things. Back in New York, they met with my accountant and Danny organized all the facts and figures. He explained to me that I was spending too much, both on the road and personally. He worked out a plan to pay back the IRS and a new budget for us to stick to. Soon thereafter, Sandra and I separated. I moved back to Manhattan, got a one-bedroom apartment, and lived much more frugally than before. A little bit heartwarming here. Tony Bennett works with his sons for the rest of his life. His son Danny was his business manager until Tony Bennett passed away, and Tony credits Danny for getting his life back on track, as well as the resurgence of his career. So, although Danny at the time is 25 years old and was a punk rocker with blue hair, when Tony Bennett calls him for help, Danny feels he has a good strategy for helping his dad get back on his feet. Danny believes that if his father could be marketed as a, quote, a living American legend, a genial master of his craft, his career could be revived, unquote. Danny Bennett said of that phone call, that was the day of reckoning. That is when he called me up. I think that was a desperate move. Desperate move or really brave move? 
when you reach out to your like I am at the I am at a low point, kid. Yep. Can you help me? I may have given you a little razz for your blue hair, but how brave is that? Like desperate move or really bold and really brave to reach out to yeah, your kid to your help. Your adult kid, yeah. Tony Bennett believes strongly in sharing his struggles with others to remind them that they can turn things around even when they seem too far gone. Tony Bennett says, From such a low point, Danny helped me reinvigorate my career. When I look back, even though I struggled to keep my integrity, it has really paid off to stick to my guns. Believe me when I say I'm speaking from experience that you can recover from even the bleakest moments in your life if you simply persevere and believe that you can. A little bit more about Sandra Grant here before we leave her in the dust of this story. Before meeting Tony Bennett, Sandra Grant claims to have dated several famous men. You want to hear who a few of those are that she claims? Tell me. Joe DiMaggio. Frank Sinatra, hmm. Eddie Fisher, wow, and Warren Beatty. I well, think that is a four okay. out of four trashy divorces alums right there. Yeah, but I mean, is Warren Beatty anything to brag about? Like, <laughs> take a number, lady. <laughs> Sandra threatened to write a tell-all book and gave several interviews where she tells some stories and even rated some of her former lovers. Oh, I am such a trash candy licker. I love it. You ready? So Sandra doesn't reveal any of this, but once her divorce from Tony Bennett is finalized, Sandra starts spilling the beans. (laughs) Here's the tea. She says about Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio was a lot more of a gentleman than Tony. I guess I married the wrong man. I'm very happy to be free at last, and good luck to his current wife. (laughs) But maybe it's the opposite, and I should wish him luck. There's no fool like an old fool. I have very little feeling for him anymore. She seems charming. That seemed a lot more about Tony than Joe DiMaggio, but let's continue. Regarding Eddie Fisher, Sandra Grant says, Eddie had just split from Liz Taylor, but his heart was far from broken. He hit on me almost instantly. He made an ass of himself trying to show off for me, playing the big shot. For about two months, we had an intense affair, but Eddie was a so-so lover. He was more concerned with his own needs than mine. Oh, I love this show. (laughs) Sandra will fondly remember the first time she met Warren Beatty. I was in my early 20s when I met Warren at a friend's house. It was my first Hollywood party. He leaned over and whispered, can I get you a drink? I looked up and saw this incredibly handsome man with the most remarkable twinkle in his eyes. Sandra will go on to claim that Warren Beatty was a wonderful lover, but not to be outdone, she also praises George Hamilton (laughs) for his lovemaking and bedroom prowess. Okay. All good stuff. Okay, now's a great time for a break. (laughs) Taking a break now? Okay. Taking a break, and we are going to come back with a little bit of mobsters and phone books. Sounds good. We'll see you on the flip. Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. 
Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disentel, is hosted by comedians Sydney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disentel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, you want to do a little mafioso? Oh, always. Always. David Evanier writes a 2011 biography of Tony Bennett titled All the Things You Are, The Life of Tony Bennett. Evanier includes alleged connections to organized crime, most especially at the beginning of Tony Bennett's career. Evanier writes, The wise guys controlled the clubs all across the country. I was going to say, Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he can be... I mean, this is how Sinatra got wrapped up in it, too. From the Coco Cabana in New York to the 500 Club in Atlantic City, the truth was that the mob made you or destroyed you. Evanier claims that members of Al Capone's mob family helped to launch Tony Bennett's career with financing and nightclub access. Writing, although he wanted nothing to do with them, they were simply impossible to ignore or escape. Evanier explains that Tony Bennett was finally able to, quote-unquote, escape their influence in the late 1960s by paying them $600,000 to cut ties and connections with the mafia. Wow. However, that apparently did not completely cut his ties with organized crime. It's nice how the mafia got replaced by Ticketmaster. (laughs) Right? Hey, Live Nation. (laughs) At one point, Evanier alleges that Tony Bennett was having a romantic relationship with a woman that was actually Anthony Spilotro's girlfriend. Spilotro nicknamed Tony the Ant. Of course he had a nickname. Uh, Of course you have a nickname. Tony the Ant was a high-ranking mobster and enforcer in Las Vegas in the 70s. Tony the Ant was also the inspiration for the character Nicky Santoro in the 1995 movie Casino, played by Joe Pesci. Hmm. Considering that he was known for his violent behavior, Tony the Ant was known for his violent behavior. Tony Bennett was lucky to make it out of that situation. Tony the singer. (laughs) Lucky to make it out of the situation at all. 
but it wasn't scot-free. Evanier writes, Spilotro hammered Tony over the head with a phone book, laying him out on the floor, leaving him unconscious. Evanier said he got some details about the incident from a quote-unquote reliable associate of Bennett's. He was told that it happened while Tony was performing with Lena Horne at the Sahara Hotel and Casino. For the record, Tony Bennett does not make any public comments on Evanier's book, but his publicist got in touch with Evanier and told him that Tony's son Danny Bennett was very angry about inaccuracies in the book. In response, the author Evanier said, Nothing was cited, not a word. There are no inaccuracies. It's not an expose. It's a real story. Make of that what you will. Sure. This really is something. This little next bit, I think you're really going to like. Let's talk about Tony's third marriage, final marriage, happy marriage. Because you know how sometimes we light up when we get to tell our meet cute. A lot of couples do. They have a real good meet cute story. Tony Bennett really, really likes to tell the story about how he met his third wife, Susan. There has never been a meet cute like this on Trashy Divorces before. It is a first. Tony Bennett says the first time he meets his third wife, Susan, quote, they didn't really see each other, quote. It was 1966, and Susan's parents were in New York visiting from San Francisco and came to see Tony Bennett play at the Coca Cabana. Susan's Parents were real big fans of Tony Bennett and had come to a lot of his shows. And it was during the days when the Copacabana had cigarette girls that would go around to all of the tables and ask if they would like their photo taken at the Tony Bennett show. Susan's mother replied only if Tony Bennett is in the photo too. And so the plucky cigarette girl sends a note to Tony Bennett and he agreed to get in the picture with him after the show, and so the couple was escorted back to Tony Bennett's dressing room post-performance. In the photo, Susan's mother is pregnant with Susan. Oh, my God. (laughs) They still have the photo. I bet they do. (laughs) Oh, Lord. That's a meat cute. <laughs> That's a all time trashy divorces first. Isn't it amazing? I'm guessing they bump into each other sometime later. The first real time Susan and Tony meet was in 1985 when she was 19 years old and she had tickets to see him perform at the Masonic Temple in San Francisco. She put in a request to meet him, but assumed that she wouldn't get a response. However, Tony Bennett, remember? The young adults like me. He's what? having, right, 85, like mm-hmm. any kind. He's gone through the depression, like nobody mm-hmm. listens to my music anymore. So you have a 19-year-old who's like, young kid, totally wants your autograph, Tony. And we have this weird picture at my parents' house. <laughs> Tony's happy, mm-hmm. thrilled to learn that someone so young was a fan of his music and wants to meet him. So Tony's like, absolutely. Bennett writes, I not only agreed to say hello to her backstage, but asked her to be my date for the evening. And that's how it all really began, foreshadowed by a backstage photo taken in 1966. So from what I can gather, Tony Bennett would have been 59 or so. So there's a little year age difference between he and Susan. Little age gap. It happens. 
So let me give you a little bit of info about Tony's third wife, Susan. She moved to New York City and finished her bachelor's degree at Fordham University, then does a year-long internship at the White House before completing her master's degree at Columbia University Teachers College. After finishing her education, Susan, really talented, she teaches at the Fiorello H. LaGuardia High School of Music and Art and the Performing Arts in New York City. In 1999, she and Tony found the Exploring Arts, which is a charitable organization that promotes and supports arts education at school in New York and Los Angeles. Then in 2001, Tony and Susan opened the Frank Sinatra School right. of the Arts. They really were passionate about starting a public school that would integrate the arts with a rigorous academic rota too, as well as promote community service. Susan worked as the social studies teacher for the school and later served as the principal. Hmm. Tony and Susan were together, you ready for this, for more than 20 years before they finally got married in 2007. Okay, I was going to ask, like, surely... They got married in the 90s. Okay. After 20, two decades. 20 years, yeah. May yeah. As, may as well make it official. So she would have been 39 and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 79. That's the other number you're looking for. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of math in this episode. 20 years. They do get married in 2007. At this point, Susan decides to take Tony's legal surname, Benedetto, instead of his professional stage name of Bennett. Both Tony and Susan will claim their 40-year age gap never got in the way of their love, commitment, or compatibility. I mean, it sounds like it didn't. I mean, sometimes. Maybe it's just meant to be. I met you in your mother's belly in 1966. We don't talk about that. (laughs) We've never had a meet cute like that, have Mm, we? Nope. Let's talk about the young people, the Utes. Hello, Utes. Tony Bennett really does have this remarkable second act, building relationships with a cadre of younger singers. He not only refuses to slow down as he gets older, but his career in prominence, just like Danny said, we just need to market you mm-hmm. different. He never shines more brightly as he does in the last decades of his 70-year-long career. In the last stage of his career, Tony Bennett, starting in 2011 when he was 85 years old. 85. Don't let anybody say that the youth is waste like the youth is wasted on the young, but it's amazing what you can do when you aren't being young anymore. 85. He gets some of his greatest commercial success. He had his first number one hit in 1951, and Tony Bennett will top the charts more than 60 years later in 2015 for his album Cheek to Cheek that he released with Lady Gaga. Tony Bennett had this incredible ability to bridge generations and appeal to everyone. He proved this time and time again in his golden years, and this was very intentional for him. Remember all those quotes about the audience is there for you. I mean, he really does have that kind of special connection, but Tony will say his style of music and singing didn't change. He had a universal appeal, even though 
Nothing about his style changed to fit the times. But the thing Tony did, he's open to new artists and really did show us all how great music is timeless. In a 2015 interview with Downbeat Magazine, Tony Bennett said, No country has given the world such great music. Cole Porter, Irving Berlin, George Gershwin, Jerome Kern, those songs will never die. And that's fair. I believe that. So Tony teams up with some great contemporary and pop culture artists on his Duets 2 album to sing those classic songs that will never die. Some of this lineup, Lady Gaga, Michael Buble, John Mayer, Amy Winehouse, Katie Lang, The Chicks, Elvis Costello, John Legend, George Michael, Queen Latifah, and Celine Dion, just to name a few. With this album, Duets 2, Tony became the oldest living musician to debut at the number one spot on the Billboard 200. That is just awesome. Isn't that incredible? The album also won the Grammy for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album. Tony Bennett and Amy Winehouse also won the Grammy for Best Pop Duo or Group Performance for Body and Soul. Let's talk about Lady Gaga for a second. Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett really had a very special, special relationship, both personally and professionally. They collaborate together on many songs and albums and live performances. These two really respect and adore each other. Lady Gaga even credits Tony with saving her life back in 2014, when Lady Gaga says she almost quit music after feeling like the music industry had taken advantage of her. Gaga tells Parade in a 2014 interview, I tell Tony every day that he saved my life. I'm not going to say any names, but people get irrational when it comes to money, with how they treat you, with what they expect from you. But if you help an artist, it doesn't give you the right once the artist is big to take advantage of them. I was so sad. I couldn't sleep. I felt dead. And then I spent a lot of time with Tony. He wanted nothing but my friendship and my voice. Lady Gaga will further explain. I got tired of fighting to keep the music my way. And Tony, that's one of the first things he said to me. He said, don't you ever, 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 ever again or in the future let anybody take down the quality or the intelligence of what you do. I think you definitely want Tony Bennett to be your, like, fairy godfather, right? Yeah. Just give me some advice here. Mm -hmm. Singer Katie Lang also has a long-lasting friendship and professional relationship with Tony Bennett as well. After his death, Katie Lang shares in The Guardian. This is in part... Katie Lang says, I met Tony backstage at the Grammy Awards in 1992, but he already seemed omnipresent to me. Everybody knew Tony Bennett. He asked me to perform on his MTV Unplugged album in 1994, and the sparks started flying when we sang together. I felt elevated, comfortable, and just in sync with him when we were doing Moon Glow, as if I was with a teacher but also a friend. It was like an opening. It just felt right. MTV Unplugged happened two years after I came out, and I was aware that our duet was radical. I perceived it as kind of a salve for society at that time to see an older man and a young dyke in a healthy, happy, productive relationship. I knew where Tony sat politically, 
but he never brought his political agenda to the stage, which speaks to his professionalism. He never told stories about marching with Martin Luther King from Selma to Montgomery. He didn't brag on it. He just was, which added to his elegance. Carrying his political beliefs fully and truly, but not imposing them, I was always in awe of that. In the early aughts, I was approached by Tony's camp about recording an album of Louis Armstrong's songs, A Wonderful World. It was an amazing opportunity to go into a world that I hadn't dipped my feet into as a listener or as a singer. We recorded it live in an empty theater in New Jersey. It was really a beautiful environment for recording because an empty theater is somewhere that a touring musician feels very comfortable. The space and elegance of the room, the interior, the acoustics, it was very intimate and creative, very safe. Safe and intimate are the words I keep coming back to. There's one more young singer that Tony Bennett had a great relationship with after working with her, and that is Amy Winehouse. Mm -hmm. Tony was profoundly saddened by her premature death, telling CBS News the same year that Amy Winehouse died. I broke down and sobbed when I heard the news. I'll tell you of all the young people I've met over the last 50 years, she sang the right way. She was a true talent, and she was on her way to becoming a very, very important jazz singer. What a tragedy, just 27 years old. It's so regretful. It's heartbreaking. Tony Bennett has also said on a few interviews that he really does regret not getting the chance to speak with her again because he had planned to talk with Amy about her misuse Mm -hmm. issues the next time they saw each other. And what he would have said to her is this, slow down, you're too important. Life teaches you how to live it if you last long enough. I wanted to tell her that, but I never got the chance to do it. It was too late. There was a lot of really good prophetic stuff in that. Sinning against your talent. Mm -hmm. Life teaches you how to live if you last long enough. Profound. Ain't that the truth. All right, we are going to take another quick break here before we come back to the Alicia's probably going to get a little weepy over this next section as we close down the trashy divorces of Tony Bennett. Back in a minute, y'all. Oh, Tony Bennett. It is in 2015. Tony tells his wife, Susan, that he was struggling to remember things, including people's names that he'd never had Mm -hmm. challenges with remembering before. The following year in 2016, Tony was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. His wife, Susan, does become his primary caregiver, but Tony was still able to enjoy many of the same activities, including painting and exercising. He still loved to perform. Miraculously, or maybe not, Tony Bennett never forgot a lyric to a song on stage or off. Hmm. It's funny how brains work. When I would hang out with my grandma a bunch and we'd be driving to places, I'd put on old crooner standards and she would know every single word. Mm -hmm. Really is kind of remarkable that way. In 2016, Tony Bennett's neurologist told AARP, He is doing so many things at 94 that people without dementia cannot do. He really is the symbol of hope for someone with a cognitive disorder. 
Tony Bennett, continuing with all of his passions, <laughs> was something that, of course, his wife, Susan, and all of his children will encourage. They know it's the way for him to enjoy his life. They feel like it's going to help him live even longer. Susan says singing is everything to him. Everything. It has saved his life many times. Susan will go on to say that Tony always felt physically pretty great and struggled to understand his disease. She said he's never been upset about his diagnosis, but feels that it's because he just didn't understand it. Susan says he would ask me, what is Alzheimer's? And I would explain, but he wouldn't get it. He'd tell me, Susan, I feel fine. That's all he could process, that physically he felt great. So nothing changed in his life. Anything that did change, he wasn't aware of. Hmm. His neurologist also encouraged Tony to continue performing as long as it made him happy to do it. Susan said it kept him on his toes and also stimulated his brain in a significant way. Susan and Tony's son Danny would be backstage and would be sometimes really scared because Tony seemed completely confused about where he was and what was happening. But then Susan said, but the moment he heard the announcer's voice, boom, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Bennett, he would transform himself into performance mode, stride out into the spotlight, smiling and acknowledging the audience's applause and start singing. <laughs> It'll take you 10 years to learn how to walk on stage. Tony Bennett's speaking voice at this time had become hesitant. He would struggle for words, but he could sing in that same beautiful and expressive way that he always had. Scientists and neurologists explain this by pointing out, again, brains are magical, that the areas of the brain that are active with music and singing are very different and distinct from the areas of the brain associated with speech, speech. and language. Yeah, I know musical therapy is uh, a big part of recovery after a lot of traumatic brain injuries. Having had a traumatic brain injury, mm -hmm. I can absolutely assure you that is true. During an interview with 60 Minutes, Susan said, There's a lot about him that I miss because he's not the old Tony anymore. She gets a little choked up but continues saying, But when he sings, he's the old Tony. On July 21st, 2023, just this year, it doesn't even feel like it's, mm -hmm. oh God. A New York Times headline read, Tony Bennett, champion of the great American songbook, is dead at 96. It was not unexpected news. He was nearly 97 years old and had been suffering from Alzheimer's disease for several years, but his loss was still felt very, very deeply. There are naturally tributes written and posted from people from everywhere. I appreciate that you've taken off your glasses for this portion of Trashy Divorces. My favorite part of all of the stories where our subjects have left us. Let's see what I can do here. Let's yeah, see yeah. how much of a professional I am Get it. after four Get it. years I'm cheering of this you ride. on. Actress Viola Davis wrote, Well, your journey was complete, sir. Your greatness was not just measured by your talent, but your influence. Generations will be inspired by your work. The angels are rejoicing today by gaining a magnificent choir member. May flights of angels, and then there's some ellipses and heart, 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 heart. Singer Michael Buble writes, 
Tony Bennett is one of the greatest vocalists, storytellers, and interpreters of all time. To say he was an important part of who I became is an understatement. My grandpa was constantly playing Tony Bennett records when I was growing up, and it was the honor of a lifetime to learn from him. Having my hero take me under his wing was one of the greatest moments of my life and my career. How did I get so lucky to kneel at the feet of the master for two decades? Tony, I'll never stop learning from you. And I promise you I'll do my best to keep the music we cherish alive. Rest in peace. Okay, I'm doing pretty good. Yes. Elton John writes, So sad to hear of Tony's passing. Without doubt, the classiest singer, man, and performer you will ever see. He's irreplaceable. I loved and adored him. Condolences to Susan, Danny, and the family. Even journalist and former news anchor Dan Rather gets in on this. Dan Rather, quote, Many people are called legends. Few embodied the word like Tony Bennett. His voice, his presence, his style... He was timely and timeless. He had an otherworldly talent of coaxing the sublime out of the music he sang. But he was also a consummate craftsman and tireless worker. He earned his longevity, and we all benefited from it. He will be missed. Yeah, there are a lot of previous TD alums in this story. Billy Joel writes, Tony Bennett was one of the most important interpreters of American popular song during the mid to late 20th century. He championed songwriters who might otherwise have remained unknown to many millions of music fans. His was a unique voice that made the transition from the era of jazz into the age of pop. I will always be grateful for his outstanding contribution to the art of contemporary music. He was a joy to work with. His energy and enthusiasm for the material he was performing was infectious. He was also one of the nicest human beings I've ever known. Hmm. I got two more. This podcast really is infectious to me. I love telling these stories. <laughs> okay, let's see how I do. Katie Lang mm -hmm. shared the following thoughts. Two memories of Tony stand out for me, and both of them take place around the airport. I toured with him a lot, and we traveled by commercial plane. One time we toured Australia, so we were flying for a long time. My manager and I are having dinner. Afterwards, Tony stands up and hands my manager a sketch of him. That's just who he was, always creating, always generous. The other thing was his grace in the airport. He is super recognizable, and he would be stopped all the time. Traveling gets pretty taxing, and he was in his mid-70s when we were touring, but he was always available, always gracious. If he didn't have time to engage in a full conversation, he would look at someone, smile, and say, thank you, and then move on. It was enough for people. To me, that education almost surpassed everything. I keep saying elegance and grace when I talk about Tony, the space that he existed in as a famous singer, as somebody who carried the aura and the weight of being Tony Bennett, that old school excellence, that jazz era royalty. I don't know if that's going to exist anymore. Maybe he was its last remaining proprietor. That is one of the things that I mourn the most. 
Okay, I was doing pretty good. Now I have Lady Gaga. So uh, last one, best one. Let's okay, see. all right. Lady Gaga shares, I will miss my friend forever. I will miss singing with him, recording with him, talking with him, being on stage together. With Tony, I got to live my life in a time warp. Tony and I had this magical power. We transported ourselves to another era, modernized the music together, and gave it all new life as a singing duo. But it wasn't an act. Our relationship was very real. Sure, he taught me about music, about showbiz life, but he also showed me how to keep my spirits high and my head screwed on straight. Straight ahead, he'd say. He was an optimist. He believed in quality work and quality life. Plus, there was the gratitude. Tony was always grateful. He served in World War II, marched with Martin Luther King Jr., and sang jazz with the greatest singers and players in the world. I've been grieving the loss of Tony for a long time. We had a very long and powerful goodbye. Though there were five decades between us, he was my friend. My real true friend. Our age difference didn't matter. In fact, it gave us each something neither of us had with most people. We were from two different stages in life entirely. Inspired. Losing Tony to Alzheimer's has been painful, but it was also really beautiful. An era of memory loss is such a sacred time in a person's life. There's such a feeling of vulnerability and a desire to preserve dignity. All I wanted was for Tony to remember how much I loved him and how grateful I was to have him in my life. But as that faded slowly, I knew deep down he was sharing with me the most vulnerable moment in his life that he could, being willing to sing with me when his nature was changing so deeply. I'll never forget this experience. I'll never forget Tony Bennett. If I could say anything to the world about this, I would say don't discount your elders. Don't leave them behind when things change. Don't flinch when you feel sad. Just keep going straight ahead. Sadness is part of it. Take care of your elders and I promise you will learn something special, maybe even magical. And pay attention to silence. Some of my musical partner and I's most meaningful exchanges were with no melody at all. I love you, Tony. Love, lady. One last thing. Tony Bennett will tell the Associated Press in 2006 that something I feel really beautifully sums up his attitude towards his career and explains a great deal of his professional and personal success his ex-wives excluded. <laughs> Tony says, I enjoy entertaining the audience, making them forget their problems. I think people are touched if they hear something that's sincere and honest and maybe has a little sense of humor. I just like to make people feel good when I perform. And boy, did he. I feel that we like to make people feel good when we perform on this Trashy Divorces ride. I cannot believe we're at the end of 19 seasons. Incredible. Yes, it has been a ride. I am certain that Tony Bennett's first two wives would like to give him trash cans. Mm. Maybe in a bathtub. Are we rejecting that? I, I would like to reject it. That's Just, fine. There's only, there's only one Tony Bennett. He's the proprietor of 
an era gone by. Mm -hmm. A lot to think about in that episode. We will have Tony Bennett Spiderwebs Part 2 coming out on Patreon after this. So be sure to tune in, Patreon folks, for those. Maybe Tony has some halos. He's got some good jazz riffs. God, what a what a talent. I'd give him halos, yeah. I, I'm just never going to be done saying amazing things about the life lessons from our fairy godfather, mm-hmm. Tony Bennett. Absolutely. Oh, there was really a lot to like in that story. What Definitely. a trashy ride we're on. Friends, we can't thank you enough for joining us. Don't forget, season 20 begins for you Wednesday, October 11th. If you are missing us in the meantime, you can always check us out at patreon.com slash trashy divorces for all kinds of extras, dumpster dives, bonus divorces. Patreon never stops for all the goodies. And you can now check it out with a week-long free trial. So true. Patreon.com slash trashy divorces is where to go for that. But if you have not had a chance to tune in yet, we do have two other podcasts besides Trashy Divorces that you might enjoy. Trashy Royals is our podcast all about our betters behaving badly. It drops every Thursday where you get podcasts. And if you're into 19th century royal trash, this is definitely the time to listen. Yeah, just this past week, we covered Prince Rudolph, Crown Prince Rudolph, I'm so sorry, of Austria. We only get trash here from this point. And also available wherever you get your podcasts, Done and Done is the High Society podcast you might not know you needed. For any of my Gilded Age fans out there, over the next few weeks on Done and Done, we are going to be visiting Newport, Rhode Island, and strolling down Bellevue Avenue with so many homes and so many heiresses, too. As always, thank you again for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for telling other podcast enthusiasts in your life about us, too. Thank you for your kind reviews and emails and your support on Patreon. You are simply the best. We can't wait to be back with you Wednesday, October 11th. Until then, you know what we want you to do, our friends. We want you to keep those hands clean. And keep your hearts trashy. Big love, everybody. Thanks for an incredible season. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram. And definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. 
Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there, and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.